everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is a weekly web show all for helping motivate and educate and inspire designers because we all need stuff like that. It's good to see everybody. Um, lots of people that I know down in the chat. Every, everybody has at least been to something I've been to and good to see everybody. Thanks for coming. Um, just so you know, just uh, for anybody joining us in the recorded session, the chat is, is live when you come to a live session, so you can ask questions and you can um, post pictures and, oh, no. All right, okay. DMO comes lots and he gets more power when I acknowledge him. He's awesome. He asks great questions. Drew, it's good to see you too. Azhar, it's great to see you. Meredith, Seneth, me. Um, I would love to know me's name. He comes to lots of things. I love the little icon or the his little picture. But um, so today is all about the questions that we have gotten answered. And Anne has many years of experience as well as I do. She's worked as a designer um, for over 10 years. Um, I've been a designer for over 15. We get lots of questions. We're both um, at, a, at the university level teaching. Um, I've been teaching for 10 years and Anne has been teaching for 10 years. So lots of time and we get lots of good questions and there's a lot of times as an educator I get alumni who come and ask questions that I don't necessarily um, I don't necessarily have uh, experience with personally but because I get I have lots of my hand in lots of baskets I can ask some other people so it's good to know I mean like Anne is like the key if you have package design questions she has written multiple books on these things she can answer some questions about package design so we also want to open it up um, so if you have a question there is a submit question box underneath Anne right there and if you'd like to come on camera underneath me you can pop that on and we will um, make sure that you get your question answered so um, yes we both hate I hate the white brick but the rest of my office, this will be the only time I show it, but I have a lot of art in here because we do a, but this is how messy my office is. And I have a really big shoe in my office. That was a painting by a student. But I also have fun things like puppets. See? So, maybe we're and messy. And? Mine is new. I've only been in this space for Three months, two months. And the only thing I have on the walls are my diploma and the uh, calendar, but I do have books. Yes, you do have books. Bookcases are full. <laughs> so well, institutional color is not something that we like, but something that we don't have any choice when it comes to. I'm going to. Uh, we just had that conversation today. I'm going to change my. Um, my wall over here, which is all blank, which my printers are underneath it. And I'm going to change my adjustment so that I'm projecting and I'll have some cool stuff on the wall. So it'll take over the white thing. I think I could paint. My boss wouldn't care probably as long as I paint it back before I leave. Anyway, well, we're a mess DMO that I think is called books. And I have tons of them. I love them. Um, so we're going to get started. Um, I'm, I, had, um, I have compiled a list of people of questions that people have asked and so I'm going to ask Anne some of these and I'll answer some of them as well 
And if you're new to Spreecast, again, you can just type in the chat and we'll hopefully get your questions on or if you'd like to come on air. So Anne, can you give us a little background about, um, I know you have your own firm um, and I'm gonna put that on the screen. It's Chambers Design, chambers-design.com. And tell us about what, I mean, could you really do a huge knowledge and package design? How did you get that? Um, I got it kind of by accident in graduate school um, <clears throat> when I was asked to work on a packaging design book um, um, just as a production designer. Okay, something happened there. Um, and so, you know, just doing research for, you know, publication, um, I found a lot of information about packaging design and probably read every book everywhere, you know. Um, so that's how I got into, you know, the, the knowledge behind packaging design, um, and then kind of, you know, hand making templates, um, just so I could photograph them. But, yeah, that's how I got into the packaging end of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, DMO just looked at my website and saw the corgi, the corgi bites, which is, a logo I did for my um, son's company. He's a software developer and uh, works uh, with exclusively with Ruby. He's a Ruby developer. Cool. Um, and he has a Pembroke Welsh Corgi. Mm -hmm. Her name is Einstein. We call her <laughs> Ein, and she is the model for the logo. Oh, cool. My mutt has part Corgi. So there's some process work for you. Exactly. <laughs> So how much research do you do for each client? When you get a client, um, I think that a lot of times we're under the gun and we don't have a lot of, we feel like we don't have a lot of time. So how, how much time do you devote to research? Um, as much as I possibly can, sometimes not enough, sometimes too much. Um, I kind of like really want to know as much as I can about my clients as possible because, you know, if I'm going to represent them in something you know, that's going to go out there for publication, I really want to know who they are, what they are, you know, what they do, what their background is. Um, otherwise, you know, you're just kind of like flying blind. You could actually put something out there that, um, you know, would be totally off the wall and, and would not represent them at all. So. Um, and I do lots and lots of research. I, I, even when I'm not working for a client, I'm a lot of times doing research. Um, but that goes into the next So when you're doing research, what, um, I, I agree, precast research and everything, uh, every part of research is really important to DML. But when you're doing, just let's say you had a new client, you meet with them today. Um, what, what are some things that you do, and because let's just define research a little bit for everyone. Is it just you look at other designers, you um, look at the audience, you know, what kind of, what are you doing to really research the client and their audience? Um, I research their industry. Mm -hmm. I research the company. Um, I sit down and talk with the person. Um, and get to know as much from them as possible before I go out and do any research. But you have to research the competition 
um, you have to see what everybody else is doing in that particular industry. Right. Don't necessarily research other designers. Um, sometimes I do if I'm kind of stuck and I really want to, you know, um, you know, try to make that get unstuck. I guess you should say. I'll go out and you know look at some other design work. Um, but mostly what I'll do is just listen to the client, um, listen to those keywords, uh, mind map it out, and, uh, and then research those various things that I heard. Um, and then, you know, obviously the competition. Uh, right now I'm working for a client who does acupuncture. And there's some hideous acupuncture websites. I'm sure. So yeah. when you're, um, I know Drew, he works for a social media marketing uh, company, Web Success Agency. And I know that listening has to be extremely important. And a lot of, it's not just designers, but a lot of small businesses. I mean, I, uh, Mitch Jackson, our resident lawyer, as Drew calls him, um, who also does great spreecast if you want to check him out sometime. But he did one yesterday about um, he had a guy who's a big, great public speaker. And um, Drew is a lawyer. He does trial lawyers, and he actually he is he does that kind of law. So he goes out and he has to paint a picture. He has to tell a story. And I thought that was so great. But one of the best parts of what I learned yesterday was just, again, listening, listening to know who was around you so that you could get them involved. And I think that that's, I have a huge number of questions that I ask my clients. And I think that those, the questions that you ask are really important and you have to listen to what they're not saying as well as what they are saying. And I mm -hmm. do test questions. So they have to answer, um, they have to answer you know, a question. So if I say, are you natural or are you mechanized? And I just asking them yes or no on one of those, they have to choose one. And then later down, I might say free flowing or rigid. And if they say mechanized on one and then they say free flowing on the other, I know that there's a disconnect. So I have some other questions that I want to ask. So I want to make sure that there are, um, I'm not just taking them at their straight face value that I'm digging in you kind of end up becoming a therapist in a way because they're trying to communicate their their message, but sometimes they're so deep in, they can't see what their message is. Drew, that was a great quote from yesterday for sure. So, and do you ask, I mean, do you have a list that you ask question, of questions that you ask to different clients? Um, generally, I'll come up with a list of four or five things that I want them to talk about when we're meeting. And it kind of depends on, again, I research, doing more research before I ever go. I know what the company's about. I know I've looked, you know, done all the social media things that I can, you know, looked them up, you know. Um, but, yeah, I want to hear what they have to say. Because what I see may not be what they say. What I'm seeing them, how they're presented now, may not be what they're looking for. So then I'll pick up on that and say, okay, well, you know, currently this is the look you have, or this is the feel you have, isn't that not what you want now? So I kind of kind of put it back on them, like, you know, I really want you to tell me what it is you 
you're thinking. And, you know, a lot of times you get this, I, have, I know nothing about design. Um, I don't, you know, have any idea, you know, what you do. Right. And so, and, but that's not, they have things they like. It's, it's not that they have to know anything about design. They know what they like. Um, if I were to give them such a, um, you know, a, a, an ugly color that they absolutely hated, that would be, you know, they'd start looking negative upon me. So I want to avoid those issues before we ever, ever start. Well, I also agree. I think that you have to dig down into them and you have to so when you were asked when you were talking about that i wrote down you gotta go get your clients to trust you and to trust your sense that you understand who their audience is and i think that there's lots of ways for us to um dig in and understand audience and i i mean there's tons of uh information out there you just need to look i need to look at what my that my clients clients are looking at and that helps me a lot when i'm trying to design something i'm not necessarily looking at other design um, designers for inspiration in the beginning but i try to look to see what they what my people because i consider them my client my customers now um even though if it's like a my clients customers i just take it into me and it let me be part of it but I want to look and see what those people are looking at on a daily basis. It depends on where they live, as well as you know what kind of how what age they are. Are they looking at newspapers online? Are they looking at um, specific websites that draws people in? Um, what are they using? So I think that those are are um, important. Speak again. Do a test. Speak. Speak. Is that better? I was just getting ready to type. There's a class going on right outside my door, and they're very loud. So there's probably a lot of background noise. <laughs> and they're doing, using drills and banging stuff and you know, talking loud. And uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, good. So, what's your favorite part of the design process? It's the research because that's when I get to get to know people and it always has been I mean from the time design school I was the one who did all the research I love that part of it. I really enjoyed um, you know getting into it um, because then that leads me down a path where I can like really be creative and, and really like be a value of for you know people that I'm working for um, and then second to that would be the sketching process I know I like to do the sketches and plan everything out first before I go on the computer, which is one of the hardest things to teach uh, an up-and-coming young designer. Oh, definitely. That is, I was looking for my sketchbook. I had it, I had taken it to lunch with me. So I agree. Um, I think a lot of times for students, they jump on the computer too, too quickly because um, they want to get on it. And then what we fight as designers is we want to get back to being able to sketch because we don't have time. We have to just rush and get it on the computer sometimes. Um, I really like that you said you, what you like is the getting to know people. And I think that making connections is incredibly important in all facets of design, whether it be um, 
web design or social media or whatever, I think that making that connection is really important. And I believe if you have not um, connected with your client, you don't really know who they're trying to connect with. And sometimes, a lot of the times, the questions that I ask my clients, um, they usually have the answers for mission statement or their tagline that they want to have. But sometimes they don't have some of the deeper questions that I'm asking. And it makes them reevaluate their company or their situation or what their goals were, which I think is really important. I, I wonder if, Drew, y'all have a set of questions. Not that you're going to share them because I know it's like probably proprietary or something. But um, do you have a set of questions that you ask? You know, and I have different questions that I ask for logo clients as I do for people who are doing um, web design web design or social mm -hmm. media. I mean, it's different. You're not going to ask the same questions. Yes. Good, good to know, Drew. Um, yeah. I definitely have a different set of questions, um, you know, depending on what they want. So, um, and even if it's a print client, I ask them, will this have a web presence? Because that makes a difference as well, you know, about how you put things up there. Good to see you, Jeff. I know you'll probably pop in and out, but good to see you. Um, all right, so here is one I think I get asked a lot, as well as I deal with this a lot when I am dealing with students and trying to help other designers. It is, um, what is your worst, or what is the part you struggle with the most that's part of the design process? Um, the finishing touches, mm. deciding on which, you know, because I'll have many different variations that the client ever sees. Right. And it's kind of like making that decision, okay, which one of these do I want to show? Um, so it's kind of like, I guess it's that old adage that it's really never finished. And, uh, you know, once you look back on it, you're like, oh, man, I could have done something different there. But, um, but knowing, knowing when it's okay and, and not, you know, not being okay, this is not really what I wanted, but, you know, you know, being confident, I guess, the whole thing about it is being confident in that the client's going to like it as much as I do. Yeah. Well, do you have people that you send it to, like you trust? Yes, I do. Plus my husband, you know, what do you think of this? Yeah. I'll show him some of the student projects and he'll go, oh, okay, I get it. That's I'm like, okay, make it a name. My husband is a sculpture, <laughs> a sculptor. He's a sculptor, but he's a sculptor. That's what he does for a living. And he's an artist. And I think um, it's pretty funny because he'll say, I could have done that for you. And I'm like, well, um, I appreciate that you could do that, but he has good ideas. Um, and I do ask him for, but I also have a couple designers that I use, um, and Anne, maybe I'll start using you too, um, just sending you stuff to get some feedback, because I know I can take critical feedback for sure. Um, well, yeah, we have, you have to, to be a designer and to have gotten a master's degree, you better have some pretty thick skin. Yeah. That's all I've got to say. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't know that. Well, and also just dealing, with, just dealing with clients, you have to be able to sh tell them that, hey, it's okay, I can take your feedback, you know, 
um, I'm not just going to crumble at your conference room table if you don't like my designs. Like, I can go back to the drawing board. It's it's okay. Um, maybe I will, Drew. I'll ask you. I'll just send pieces over and see if you get it. Um, I, I get anxious, though. Like, there are certain... I. Um, I end up doing a lot of logos and that's not my favorite part of design. So for me, um, things I struggle with, I, I like your answer of the, the lap, the decisions, like which one's good, which one's not. Usually I'll have like, if I'm doing a logo, I end up drawing like 50 sketches and then I end up doing like 20, 25 in the computer. And then you don't want to show a client that many that looks like you're like throwing up on the computer or something. But, you end up showing them, you know, five to 10. And um, I have some friends who I will send stuff and they're like, yeah, you need to slim it down. Don't send that many or they're too many, too similar or something like that. Um, what, uh, how do you get clients to explain their business problem the best, which what they're coming to you for? A lot of times they have a specific goal. Hey, I want a brochure or hey, I want a website or hey, whatever. Um, I really do think sometimes it's better if they say, hey, we need to build our clients or we need to have more Christmas sales or we need to whatever, have a specific goal, but not have a, they might not have the marketing knowledge to say, hey, I think it'd be best if we did this. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit, Anne? Yeah, it kind of goes back to the original meeting or maybe the second meeting. It's just about having a conversation and listening to or you know, I'm going to say read between the lines or listen between the lines um, and really just get to know the client. Um, like I said before, there's it's personal to them. I mean, you're really getting personal when it comes to, you know, working with people. Um, no, we're not physicians or anything like that, but these people have a business that they're trying to market, something they're trying to sell, something they're trying to communicate. And they've come to us to ask that. So it's our job to listen to what they have to say and, and, and say, okay, that's, I'm, I'm hearing this, but what are you not telling me? You know, what are you not saying? So, so let's get down to the nitty gritty and just tell me exactly what you do, you know, what you need, what you need from me. Um, because there's nothing worse than, like you said, doing a logo. And they didn't tell you something, and you go in and you show it to them and say, um, it's not going to work because of such and such and such. And you just want to say, okay. I have um, a lot of times. What about it? Do you not like? Pardon? <laughs> I said, what about it? Do you not like? Let, let me hear what you've got to say. Right. I have a, a lot of times they'll be like, well, we have an idea, but we want you to come up with your own. I'm like, well, okay, great. That's mm -hmm. like, I will for sure fail because I am not going to know what you have on that piece of paper. So it would be great if you went in and showed it to me. And of course I wouldn't say it like that. I would say it much nicer, but I think that that's something that we have to kind of, you have to massage, you have to, it's a relationship building. It's, you know, you want to make sure that you're taking the time to get to know them as well as, um, making that relationship happen with even just sitting down with their, with your client. What do you think is your most used tool? Oh, my pencil. <laughs> my pencil, my pencil. Um, 
because I use it for, I mean, I don't generally use a pen. Hmm. Um, so I take notes in pencil, I sketch in pencil. Um, what's a pencil? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Spell check, Drew. Oh, I'm just playing. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing with Mitch a few minutes ago, so I can't say that. Um, that is, is probably, you know, what I've got to say the most used tool that I have is my pencil. Besides your sketch brain, probably sure. second. What's yeah, your... I mean, I use the brain. Yeah. Most of the time I use the brain. I think it's funny. I mean, I... My husband has this... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. I think it's funny that... Um... I use a pen all the time. Like, uh, I have been using a pencil more because I'm drawing out my Christmas cards and I'm trying to do hand lettering. But I think um, that it's funny. I, I am, when I'm sitting down with a client, I don't just sit and listen. I mean, I do listen, but I'm also taking notes because I have ADD. So I have mm -hmm. to, like, make sure that I remember because when I go back home, I'm going to take more notes. I tell my students this. I'm like, you know, you may be taking notes. Or you may think that I don't have to take notes. This isn't going to be on the test or whatever. I'm like, this is life lessons. I'm not just teaching you stuff that's going to be covered on a test or in a project. These are stuff that we want you to actually apply in the real world or next semester or whatever. And I'm like, if you learn how to take notes now, you will be great as a designer because you have to take notes when you're with a client so that when you go back to your office or when they leave, you can fill them in, fill the holes in. So... Uh, I I think voice recording is I love doing spreecast um, private uh, things with with clients I do that a lot because I can always go back and and watch it and I have done that many times I have a little bird consulting channel which has no public spreecast but it has lots of private ones that I can go back in. Well, and I'm not saying that. Pencil and sketchbook, or pen and sketchbook, or whatever is the way to go. It's whatever you're comfortable with. And um, by the time you've reached that point, you should be able to choose whatever you want, whether it be, you know, your tablet or your iPad or you know, anything like that. I'd be um, or a voice recorder. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what they're using. Uh, in the people, everybody in the chat, what is your most used tool? So, um, is it do you think that it's, Diane, do you know that one of your students asked me to come? Oh, yes, I did. I did know that, Drew. Um, I've made them do a, they had to contact someone that's been in the industry working, and they're supposed to be learning networking skills. So um, I, I'm good. I'm glad. So it's probably going to be social media uh, related one. Evernote. I have not ever heard of that. That's cool to know. I, I've used that, yeah. What is that, Anne? On an iPad. It's, a, um, it's an application on the iPad. Do you write or type? So, or sketch? Um, I, I've used it earlier. Okay. I, I think it, I didn't know you could actually draw on it, but, um, but what I had was, you know, I just, it was just, so yeah so whatever 
I don't the Evernote I used it when it first came out and then I kind of disillusioned quickly or something. I do like having the actual paper to go through and um I, I like that part. Um so this is one of the big questions I get a ton with um other designers ask me this as well as um students. How do you sustain your creativity on a daily basis? Any tips, techniques for us? Um, I do a lot of reading, um, both physically with a book on my iPad, you know, magazines, um, you know, blogs. Um, love Fast Company. Uh, love to go on and look at the. Um, the infographics that they have on on um, good magazine. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just do a lot of just like searching, and, like looking around, and um, you know. And then I, it sounds uh, well. I'm not much of a, a uh, an illustrator, but um, I find if I step away from the computer for a while and draw, um, work on a project. Um, I find that that helps a lot too, because it gets me kind of away from this, you know, radiation or whatever it is that's coming off this computer. Um, so that's how I kind of keep it going. There are times that I do get stuck, um, but it's less often than it used to be. Um, I guess because I'm constantly reading for my class. Or something. I think I think that's one thing that I get a lot is that. If you're interacting with other designers, the more you're interacting, the better um, you get unstuck, I guess, because you start thinking about things, solving problems in different ways. Everybody has different ways. So if you're stuck in an office or in a corporation and you're the only designer, or you're just one of a few, then make sure you go to <laughs> um, lots of you know events. You can always come to Design Recharge. Hopefully we're trying to give you lots of inspiration as well. Sometimes we definitely share more images and things like that. Today's more question and answer. Um, yeah, and then at other times I might just go out and get, you know, I'm a big James Patterson fan. And uh, I'm about five or six books behind right now. So um, I might take all of Christmas break and do nothing but read novels. Mm. Now you'll play with your grandson, though. Yeah, he's kind of cool, like. I do have to say that. It's nice fun to just sit and hold him. Yeah. Maybe he'll read to you one day. Yeah, well, so Meredith has a great question. What are I can't wait to start reading to him. Yeah. You can start now. He might not know, but um on that note, Meredith had a question about connecting with other designers. What are some ways you connect with other designers, Anne? Um, mainly AIGA, and I happen to be in a community where, you know, there's a very large art school, um, and so because you know Diana both attended there, you know, there are people that we met as students, um, and you know, and you know, I've taught there for several years as well. Um, and so there's people that we know through that community. So kind of. You know, you go to these events and you know somebody and they introduce you to somebody else. And it's all about networking. Um, you know, that's all I, I, 
I can honestly say that I, I have a success story with one of my students who I convinced to go out and do networking, and uh, he now is on the board of Richmond IGA. He's two, three years out of school, and um, you know he's doing fantastic. You know, he got a, we, we placed him in an internship. The internship hired him full time, um, and now you know he's even got uh, he's assistant art director, three years out in the business. So um, it, it's he he truly believes and understands what I try to pound in their heads is that you know you're not going to meet any designer sitting in your chair. Do things like this. You you know this is an opportunity where Diane and I are in two different states um, to come together and speak. Um, you know a while back. We brought my publisher online from England. Um, and this is fantastic. This, this is a, another way to get together with other designers um, and just talk. You know, educators have, have the you know, opportunity to go to these conferences and, and meet up with um, But most of us, even as educators, are still designers. We still have our own businesses. We you know, still keep up with what's going on in the community. Uh, we still do pro bono work, you know, all of that. There are so many opportunities out there. You just have to take the step. Um, if you're in an area where you might not have a big AIGA presence, uh, find other groups. Start one of your own. We're going to have um, Nikki Pila yeah. Gomez. She was on last week. She um, talked about her typography projects, which are awesome. but. Um, she's going to come on and talk to us about starting an AIGA chapter. I believe Meredith's in um, Birmingham, and I believe they have Birmingham, Alabama, and I believe that they do have an AIGA chapter. But there's also the Addies, um, ADDYS, yeah. and um, but there's when I was just starting, and I could only really the company I was working for could only afford to send me to one conference a year. Um, I would go to a design camp. I would go to how design conference. Um, I also think just reading, having other designers around um, in that you're reading, that you're keeping up with. There's also a lot of designers are on, there's groups on LinkedIn. There's groups on Twitter. Um, there's other ways. Instagram has been really cool. You do have to um, have to, um, pull together, you know, kind of the essence, but there's groups on, there's International Freelancers Day. Um, Ed Gandia has started that, and that's for copywriters and um, designers and anybody who's working freelance, but that's been a really good group that I've um, worked. Um, and just looking at and connecting with some other designers on Dribbble or Behance, follow people, tell them when you like certain things. I have somebody who's going to hopefully uh, come on design recharge, recharge that I found on Instagram. And I'm just looking and I find designers in lots of different places, but I'm looking. It's, it's something that I'm actively working on every day, finding inspiration. And I think connecting isn't just face-to-face -face anymore. Like Ann said, sometimes it's, she's in Virginia, I'm in Alabama. Sometimes it's about connecting on Spreecast or um, another platform. And I think that that can be really helpful. 
So I would definitely suggest suggest that. Um, I had Noah Scalin on in the summer, and he talked about um, when you're stumped creatively, um, doing something, committing to doing something once a week or once a month. There, are, even on Flickr, there are groups that um, there's like design something every day or create you know a piece of art every day. Even that small um, challenge for yourself, you know, it's about knowing when to stop, having the end of the project be, but you, you can't give eight hours every day unless you're, I don't know, or 12 maybe. Um, I don't even know a 12 year old that would have eight hours to give to an art project every day. But I think something like that is really needed. So there are groups. It, and as designers, we're very visual. So get onto a group that can actually inspire you visually as well. Um, DMO says there's one on Spreecast and hubs. Oh yeah, they have one. So that one's, so if you search um, the channels, um, H-U-B-Z-E, I know that David Foster, he might be doing that one. He does a lot of design tips as well. Um, and then I do. So what um, do you use to understand your audience when you're doing a self promo piece? So if I'm trying to get more clients, I'm going to send out self-promotion pieces and I'm going to target these to specific people. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to send it to everybody in the yellow pages, which who knows what the yellow pages are anymore. You are one of specific. So say I want to do restaurants and I want to do restaurants that are a certain price range. Um, you, you have to kind of understand your audience. So what do you do when you're doing a self-promo piece? And do you have examples of your self-promo pieces? Um, yeah, the things that you don't, that you do last, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> the things that you put off. Um, yeah, and right now, all I can tell you is I finished my website. That was about all I could get done, which took me a long time. Um, because I was working on everybody else's stuff. That was on the back burner for me, and then I had books to write and things like that, so. It's been a while since I sent out a self-promotional piece, but mainly I kind of target, um, well, at first when I was trying to break into the publishing industry, um, I sent postcards to publishers. So sent out, you know, a postcard and a, kind of like a tear sheet for the publishers. And, um, you know, a letter. Um, to some various publishers that I would be interested in working for. So I did a lot of research on, you know, who I wanted to work for. Um, but right now, um, you know, I'm kind of just servicing a few clients. And, uh, look, I'm going to pick that up. I'll start two more pieces. So, uh, yeah. Um, so right now, I mean, I've not done a lot of stuff. Well, and I, you know, I, I agree. It's something such a good thing. We definitely end up putting off, but it's really something that you need to commit time to every quarter. Or um, I think that's really important. Um, I keep a self promotion piece that can last all year round. It's not seasonal, um, but I have other pieces. Like I have a. a Christmas card and a, a piece that we'll all be sending out. I do a lot of 
hand, I like the handwork. I like my clients to feel like they um, are really getting um, a piece of me and that I commit time to them and that I really go the extra mile. So I actually um, have a little bit of acreage and so I have pecan trees and I go out there and I pick pecans and then I um, do what I need to do to my pecans and I make pralines at uh, Christmas. I also make jam and I send jam and stuff like that because I want that hand kind of feel. So I'll just send you some, Anne. Um, but I think, I think those, I missed out on the blueberries. Yeah, I think that those are those are important for me because I want to come. I want it to come across that I'm really taking the time to understand my clients as well as understand that I want them to understand that I am going to spend time and make something for them specifically. I'm not just kind of going to template it out and be like, oh, here you go. I'm actually going to listen to what they need individually. I um, I'm reading DMOs. I'm I'm glad. That's good. Yeah. I I, I um I actually hand make my Christmas cards too. I'm cutting so. out out of linoleum. I'm printing, but I think I'm going to scan them in and um, because I'm doing the type and you know you have to work on really big pieces. I have to work type really big so. I decided I'd always wanted to do uh, my own type and um, my husband said the other night as I was watching TV and I'm drawing out the word Christmas like so many times and um, he said can't you just use your computer and I said well I could but I really want to do it by hand and he's like seems like a lot more time and I was like yeah it does it is but um, I want people to know that I spend time to do it so I'm making my own um, just just sand type or whatever so we have some business related questions and I'm definitely open to anybody if you want to come on camera and ask a question if you have a question for Ann or I um, kind of stump the chumps today um, um, and also I just popped that one up there um, I would love to share tips and share work things like that in these communities like Behance or Dribble or things like that, it's a great place for them. Um, if you have any others, pop them in the chat. We'll put them on. I know MK had to leave, but he did ask this question. He said he'd come back and watch. Um, you can always watch it recorded if you're new to Spreecast. Um, how do you bridge the customer client is always right? Ah, very good one. Wish you were here to mm. listen to the answer. Um, uh, when it comes to graphic design or anything, it could be copywriting, it could be whatever. Um, I think that comes in with building trust um, that you also understand the audience as well as you understand them. And just like um, when you're listening to somebody, if somebody has a problem, like your your a sibling or your parent or your spouse. Or your girlfriend or boyfriend has um, a problem with you you're going to like okay well I hear what you're saying this is you know you kind of do the same thing with a client use those same I use those same techniques saying okay well I understand this but if if what's been working for you has been working then great let's just keep going but if you keep I think that Einstein said that was the um, definition of insanity is to keep trying the same thing over and over expect different results so I think that for one, it's about building that trust. You can say, hey, you know what? I will do it your way, no problem. We can test it, we can see it. If you're doing something with social media, I definitely suggest doing that. 
because you can take it off and take it on pretty quickly. Same way with the internet, you can try it. But for me, one of those great things that I say is, you know, I think I don't, I'm not just thinking this and it's just not my opinion. It's stuff I've read on researchers. I've, I've done the research. Other people have done the research. I can pull the research for you. It helps them to understand that there's knowledge and logic behind your decisions. It's not an emotional, like, this is what I like. I like yellow, you know, or whatever. Um, but they are always the customer. And I agree, Bill, you have to let them learn. I will say lots of times, I give a lot of analogies. I use a lot of analogies with clients because sometimes it's easier for them to kind of put it into a different frame of mind. And they're not always right, but they're coming to you because you're an expert in what you're doing. And hopefully in your marketing and your other endeavors, you can show them other case studies or research. And that's really um, a really good thing for designers to put on their websites or whatever is case studies. Um, I know that a lot of it's a trend right now to do something like that or testimonials in a way, but the case studies are really helpful. What about you? How do you how do you answer that question? Um, what about the customers always right? Yes. Or the customers as a customer. Well, I just posted up here on oh, I spelled wrong. I'm typing. I'm trying to watch and type at the same time. It is. Um, it, the the period, the two spaces after a period, and believe me, I'm old enough that I learned on a manual typewriter, so I understand this process. But it's always um, difficult to explain to the client that it's now built into our software and we don't have to do that. And yes, typewriters were cool. Um, and they still are for, for certain things that you'd like to, you know, to do that way. Um, it is sometimes very important to, you know, educate the client, but um, there are other times when you know what battles to choose and what not to. Um, and again, it comes from knowing your client. Um, and, you know, if they're, if they're absolutely dead set on it, just say, hey, well, okay, we're going to go put it your way, but I really want you to know that this is how I feel about it. Um, and then, you know, you can choose to work with that client again or not work with that client again. It just depends on, you know, how. <laughs> I'm reading too. I know, it's um, hard. It's like being a DJ yeah. or something. It's hard. It's a little hard when you're. Hey, DMO, you're going to need to come online here pretty soon because, you know, um, you've got too many things to say that we need to put on here. <laughs> there are a lot of facts. I mean, I, I think a lot of design has to we bring a lot of psychology in. The reason we don't do two spaces anymore, the reason two spaces was put in was for a specific reason so that there was a gap between spaces so you know when the sentence would end so that our visually our, our brain would know when it ended. Now it's not necessary because the the inside the programs, it turns it really tight and the periods get sucked in really tight and um, it actually creates gaps. It creates, it's like if somebody had a stutter and they were continually talking, that's what that space does to people. So it stops the flow, the easy flow of um, a paragraph of type. And, ex and explaining rivers and, and how, and how, um, how distracting it is to a reader um, 
when you're when you have that in you know I know people want things to align to one side, but um, that just takes extra time if you want to do a conference. Um, but you know, it, and that's hard to teach our students sometimes too. Um, is that you know you you don't just justify it and leave it that way. You don't get to justify fees and expect a result. So and there's a lot of times those are the things we fight. We and it's not really fight. It's it's um it's, it comes a point where you do have to educate your client to some extent when it comes to things like that because you are. And I think. Honestly, I think us as educators, we're both at the university level, we have to we have to get our students to believe us all the time. So I end up being really good at explaining to a client over and over in different ways why this is true. And I'm coming at it from a an education background. I'm trying to help you understand something. And a lot of my clients end up learning a lot about design and now they make better choices. And you're trying to help them. You're not trying to hurt their business. You're trying to help their business grow. So I think that those are really, really critical and really helpful things to do. So we're gonna, uh, oh, go ahead. Meredith, I wanted to, to say something to her. Um, you're, you're absolutely correct. Sometimes you don't have time to think about it. Okay. But it is something that when you make these choices um, in a design process or when you design for a client, you need, you you actually thought about it. You just may have been very going by very quickly. However, you did think about it. So, I mean, if I think if you sat there long enough that you would have, you would tell them why you made that decision. Um, and it all comes from those inner instincts that we have. Definitely. I end up the night before a presentation I end up, I don't sleep real well because I'm constantly going back through and I definitely tell my students this as well and other designers, analyze those decisions. Yes, you might not have had enough time, right, sitting in front of the client, but think about the reasons you did this. Why did you choose brown over purple? Or, you know, why did you choose a serif type over a script? Um, all those things are really important in understanding your and building that trust, I guess, understanding your client and building that trust to me. So we have a lot of other questions that have to do more with the business stuff. We only have a little bit of time left, so we're going to kind of jump through some of these. Um, but one one other one that has to do with design stuff is what piece of creative advice would you give a designer that works for themselves? Or like Meredith, I believe, is kind of in a corporation by her. She's the only person in the art department, I believe. Well, first, we're getting a lag. I don't know if you've noticed it, but we're getting a lag. Okay. Meredith, been there, done that. Um, have definitely worked by myself. And, um, you know, actually, probably for the first six years as a designer, I worked by myself. And not having somebody there, and especially fresh out of design school, um, it was tough. So I, I relied on my friends. Um, I relied on my classmates, uh, former classmates. Um, sometimes I would just show people, um, you know, what I was working on, you know, even if they weren't a designer. Um, but find those people. You know, you come into, and man, are we lagging back. You come into this this 
please, now you know, signing on. Um, feel free. I mean, it, that's that's what you got to do. And, um, so yeah, definitely. Um, I also I think that you need to just be be bold and be fine about asking. I am I have my email. I share my email. I share my Twitter. I'm actually very accessible. Um, and if you need if you have a question, I am all about that. And I believe that um, Anne would be the same thing. It. We, I think a lot of designers are, and we are happy to help other people. I mean, I'm very busy. I I might not be able to answer you right back, but I will get back to you personally. And I think that that's something that I believe in for my business, as well as for doing this for design research. I really believe believe in that. So that's one reason I do. You know, even 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 my students, I they have my they have my phone. They're allowed. They're allowed to call me before 10 o'clock, but they can, they can text me as well. I don't mind that. And I ask them to, and believe me, not very many of them do. Um, it's only those select few that really, really care about what they're doing that will actually do that. Definitely. But um, it, it is, you know, being by yourself is one of those frightening things um, because you just don't know. Um, you just don't know if you're doing something um, wrong or that you've looked at that thing for so long that there's this glaring error and you're not seeing it because you've looked at it too long. Totally. And I do it all the time. I do it. I mean, I sent my book to two or three of my friends and said, please look at it. I sent it to a friend who, who's a you know, copywriter and I said, please just read it. Just please read it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, definitely just as many resources as you have. Just use them. So what um, my family keeps calling me and they know not to call me during this. It's funny. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I've had like five students walk in the door. You notice? <laughs> I have, but it's okay. What part of owning your own business do you struggle with the most? And then what's the best part of owning your own business? Uh, I struggle with the most is the accounting end of it. <laughs> um, um, and what was the rest of that question? <laughs> I can't because all I got stuck on was the accounting. What do you like the most? Um, I like the fact that, you know, I get the option of picking and choosing. Work for projects like this. Yeah. Um, there, are certain, there are certain clients I just won't work for. And I hope nobody's in the tobacco industry, but my father died of lung cancer, and I have this thing about working for a tobacco companies, so that's something I'll never do. But, you know, you know, some people have their other things that they can't. Understandable, for sure. I, I really, the thing I like about design is the same thing I like about this. It's I, I like helping companies grow. And I hope that this um, design recharge, the whole point is to help designers grow. Um, that's why we do it weekly. We make connections with people all over, uh, all over the world. You're connecting with people and you can always ask questions and come and join and be a part. Um, I'm going to share a couple of our um, 
This is Ann's Twitter handle. And I have a few, but this is one of mine. And also at Diane Gibbs AU is my personal one, but you're welcome to do any of them. Um, this is Ann's email address if you have any questions for her. And I need to put my email address on there. I forgot that we were trying to do all yeah, it's like Go ahead. I tried to put it in here and it's it's I'm really lagging. Oh well it's perfect for me. I I'm sorry that you're lagging. Well, it's everybody it's like uh three thirty and everybody's like out of class and then on email. <laughs> yeah, probably using the server. And um, this is Design Recharge. I've started an email newsletter. It'll be filled with tips. It's weekly. Um, I haven't quite figured out which day I'm going to be doing it every week, but this week it was on month, uh, Tuesday, I think at 11. I sent it out. And then we also have a Facebook page, and I'm trying to get to 200 likes by the end of the year. And that's what that one is. I guess I put that in there twice. Um, but Feel free, get on the email list. You can subscribe onto the Facebook page as well. Um, but I really appreciate everybody coming. We have lots of other questions that we didn't get to. But next week's all about, um, Megan D will be helping us out um, next week. She's going to be answering, um, I'm interviewing her about moving to a new city. And this is something I did as well. A lot of designers um, go to, uh, maybe go to a school, design school in a smaller town, and then they're going to go off, and I think sometimes that can be really daunting, but that's what we're going to talk about is moving to a new city with no connections and how you get those connections. So, Meredith, you should check it out. We'll definitely be talking about how, you, how to get connected and how you really get involved in um, some other design things. It's also just being involved in the arts community as well. But thank you guys so much. Thank you, Anne, of course, for being our guest of many times, I owe you another t-shirt, I guess. This is like number four. <laughs> um, thank you guys. Love my t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys all for coming and I hope you have a great uh, week and I will see you next week with Megan D. Bye. Bye.